So I stepped outside. I walked uh, about 300 feet and then I realized what happened. It was a plane that dropped a bomb right in the center of the city in downtown near administrative buildings. Yes. Wow. So what I saw was pretty terrifying. I, I literally saw dead bodies, body parts, and it, it was horrible. Hey everyone, thanks for joining me on another podcast. I'm really excited about this one. So I have my good friend, Veronica Raul. And Veronica is A, an amazing agent, B, an awesome person just to spend time and talk to. So if you see her at conferences, which I know she's going to be at some this year, make sure to stop her and say hi and talk a little bit about the things we're going to cover today. So she actually came from the Ukraine to the United States only seven years ago with two children, and she had to basically start all over again. And since then, you know, she went from zero to six figures in less than two years by focusing on a specific niche within the Medicare industry, which is basically talking to Russian clientele. And I'm really excited because we're going to unpack more about her story, and we're going to also talk about some good tips on how you yourself can emulate what she was doing to be able to get to six figures as quickly as possible. Veronica, thank you so much for being here. How are you today? Hello, Eric. I'm doing great. Thank you. Thank I, you for having me and for this amazing introduction. Oh, absolutely. I know I know. I may have gone a little long on there, but I'm excited to talk about your story. I'm excited to talk about your business. And so I just didn't want to cut it short because there's a lot of great things we're going to navigate through here. So Let's start with the idea that just seven years ago, you came to the United States from Ukraine and you actually, you had a, you had a pretty good gig back there, right? You were a professor in the Ukraine. Tell me a little bit more about that. So back in 2014, I was all sat in the Ukraine. As you mentioned, I was working as a university professor, had two children, was married. Uh, my social, financial life, my career were all set. Our family owned some commercial uh, real estate. So there was nothing wrong. It was my life. Um, as many of you know, and you probably too, Eric, uh, in 2014, there was a conflict started between Russia and the Ukraine. It started with Russia claiming back the Crimea and it triggered conflicts all over the country. I was living on the east in a small city, about 500,000 people, mainly industrial, uh, with a few universities, and I worked in one of them. But it happened to be on the border with Russia. So there was a real war starting in March of 2014 there. Prior to that, I already made plans to come to the, U to the US to see one of my good friends. She married an American guy in 2005. I was promising them forever to come visit. And sometime end of 2013, we made this plan. I applied for documents and my trip to the US was already planned for the summer. Now I know how humans psyche works when uh, tragic events happen. Many of you experienced this during COVID. When something like this happens, you are at first in a denial stage, and then it takes time to start accepting what's, what's actually happening. 
Yeah. Um, my last drop of patience happened um, on June 2nd when we were staying at home. I was working from home and I heard a very loud buzzing noise above my head. And then a terrifying explosion. I oh. couldn't understand what happened. Uh, yes, we already get used to hearing shootings all over the city. We even get used to sleeping during shootings. Can you imagine what people can get used to? But this was something different. So I stepped outside. I walked about 300 feet, and then I realized what happened. It was a plane that dropped a bomb right in the center of the city, in downtown, near administrative buildings. Yes. Wow. So what I saw was pretty terrifying. I literally saw dead bodies, body parts, and it was horrible. And that was the moment that I made, when I made a decision that I'm out of there. Yeah. And I'm taking my children and this is it for me. Um, my ex-husband said that I'm crazy, that it will be over soon, that he is not living anywhere. But that was it for me. So I just packed essential things. I took my children and in two days I was already on a train to Kiev, capital of the Ukraine. It was safe there. It was definitely safe there. It even took us twice longer to get there because we had to avoid all those shootings, you know? Yeah. And if a train can take any back roads, that one did. So that's why it took us so long. I'm probably getting too personal here, but you know what? I just want everyone who is listening to uh, understand that if I could make it through my past and get where I am right now, then they can also make it, you know? So I think there is a lot of value in um, sharing some details that might seem pretty personal. Well, I, I think that it's it's, you know, again, people need to understand what drives somebody sometimes because we're talking a little bit later, we're going to be talking about just how quickly you were able to ramp up to six figures in the business, but they need to understand what was driving you, what happened in the past. And so uh, I don't think a lot of people have the experience or the closeness of such tragedy and, and also just a scary situation, me, myself being a father, and thinking like, what if that happened in my area? Like, what if we went to war and all of a sudden, uh, you know, guns were constantly going off in my area, bombs were being dropped in my area, would I stick around? Hell no. If I had the ability to try to, to try to get my family to safety, that is my number one priority. And I think that a lot of people have to realize that it's not always easy to make these decisions because just like you mentioned, you had to make some really big decisions. You had to leave your husband there. You had to say, okay, you're not going. We're still going. We're going to get to safety. We're going to get to a better life. This is too, this is too much. I'm, I'm always so, again, impressed by you and, and the strength that you have and the discipline you have. Um, and I think people need to at least get that part of your backstory. So don't worry about it being too personal. It's something that I think people need to understand because it's really one of the biggest driving forces you had to have to come and, and start over again. So you made it out here to the U.S. and uh, you know, you've been here seven years, so you didn't right away jump into the insurance business, right? You were probably doing a couple of other things prior to uh, finding the insurance, the insurance niche. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, 
as soon as I got my job permit in the US, I was already offered a corporate job. And I was happy to follow American stereotype that you can completely happy uh, being salaried, having paid vacations, having benefits. So I was excited. I was suggested a position in the IT department of one of the local companies. So my diploma was recognized, of course, because I, I have degree in business and management. Uh, and I, I was excited to start my career. I know a lot of people who are happy in this situation. I made friends there. My leader was great. I got promoted two times during two years, but it started to feel not right pretty soon. Yeah. I didn't feel that I'm realizing my potential sitting in meetings and cubicles. I was doing IT project management. Some projects fired me up, but most of the time I was pretty bored, honestly. And I just saw my ceiling, you know, I saw that, okay, now I, I reached this goal. I realized someone else's objective. What's, what's next? What is my, what is the biggest salary that I can make here? Yeah. 100,000. That was it. That was, and it wasn't even, I wasn't even close to that. So it would take me a few years to get to that number. What what was it that drove you in your in in that setting? Like, it, was it like were there challenges? Were there things where where they came up with things where you had to figure out, uh, you know, solutions that were challenging for you, or were you just completely bored, and and you were you kind of were you were looking for something more? Um, you know, I was mainly disappointed in the limitations um, created by a corporation. So they had goals set for me. And mm -hmm. I wanted to set up my own goals. Um, so one of my co-brokers started to do insurance on the side. And she shared this with me. And very soon I got my license because I was looking for solutions. I was looking for a way out. What's, what's there? I, I didn't know. So I decided to give it a chance. And very soon I already got my license. So I was doing insurance on the side I started at five o'clock and I got with the same agency she was with and they were face-to-face -face, final expense, a direct mail lead agency. So it was pretty challenging, but it taught me so many things. I, I've never been in sales, but you can imagine how challenging face-to-face -face door knocking can be. But I was resilient. I was killing it. Um, I was driving in 100 miles radius around Grand Rapids. Um, on top of I mean, your full-time job, you're saying you're, yes. You're I didn't it. want to leave. I didn't want to leave nowhere. I needed to make sure that it's justified. Yeah, I, I couldn't just step out. And I had obligations there. I couldn't let people down. I, I had projects. I couldn't just walk walk out of the door. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so it was challenging and fun, and it uh, in I learned a lot you can learn a lot from this interaction you can uh learn how to deal with rejection you definitely perfect your sales uh pitch and you need to make this the impression like during a minute otherwise you won't get in so you know how it works yep. so it really taught me many things and then very quickly people started to ask me are you doing medicare are you doing medicare and I was, what is Medicare? So I started to look into this 
And very soon I realized, oh my God, you don't even have to sell Medicare. Everybody needs health insurance. All you need to do is educate people and them to the right solution. That's it. Yeah. Especially with my background of educator. It was so easy for me. Yes, it was so easy for me to break down complicated concepts into understandable pieces. And I loved it and people appreciated this. And I started to look for uh, new ways to meet my potential clients because it wasn't compliant to door knock um, final expense leads and suggest people Medicare. Of course, I cross-sold my final expense clients very fast. Uh, Then I uh, started to look for other ways to um, meet my potential clients. I partnered with one of the national carriers who had a good plan, Disney plan in our area. And they helped me to set up uh, events. So I had events set up in apartment buildings, in senior centers, in food pantries, and it was so successful. Um, I probably made every, every day, I made five to 10 sales, um, not speaking about season. Right. So, if it's AP, then it was much better. When you're so when when you started doing all the Medicare stuff, first of all, what year was this that you started doing the Medicare stuff? Full time, I started in t- end of 2019 because this is when I was able to leave. Okay. Um, I submitted my resignation in May, but I was asked to stay for for longer to finish projects, so I was able to uh, start full time. In September May. of 2019. Oh, September. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. yeah so, because I was going to ask next is when you started getting busy doing all these different events at that point, had you decided to go full time and you were no longer with your other job, which you just said, yeah, that's you, you started going full time. So then, then some big happened, right? COVID hit. So you're barely, you're getting started 2019, September. COVID really started, you know, the, the news of COVID started happening in like December. Cause I remember in my call center, I was talking with my team about it and I was talking about, okay, guys, you know, it's, I've been reading about this stuff in China and I just, I know the way things travel. And I was like, people are coming from China all the time. They're flying into here, flying out of here. So if it's, if this is popping off over there, I guarantee you it's already traveling around the world. So we need to keep an eye on it. Next thing you know, right. A couple months after that, we're shutting down our actual office and turning into virtual um, how did you take it? Because everything you were doing was in person. It was, you know, like you were saying, live events or door knocking, going face to face, kitchen table. How did you take that when, you know, being so new into the business, all of a sudden COVID hits and, and shuts you down? You know, Eric, I felt that I'm all set uh, by March because I, I had so many events and clients from these events. So, of course, it was a shock to me. So, overnight, I lost access to my clients. I didn't do door knocking anymore. I was busy with events. I had at least three events a week. Yeah. And suddenly I lose access to my clients. Yes, I have my active clients, but how I'm going to gain new business. I was terrified. So I started to look for solutions. Uh, I remember people doing Netflix and uh, home projects. That wasn't me. I was grinding as never before. I remember... I think I even remember this day, March 22nd, lockdown happens on the 16th. And sometime in March, I got an email from Heartland about Eric Fiera. 
uh, and his CRM. I didn't know why I need it, but I was looking at every opportunity I saw. So I thought, okay, what is it? Okay, now we need to sell online and over the phone. Probably I need a CRM for that. So I look in, looked into this. I remember we even had one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah. And you were so great. And I knew that I will get all support with this CRM uh, that I need. I didn't know how I will use it. I knew I needed. So <laughs> I just went with it uh, intuitively. Uh, so yeah, we, we set up my CRM and then I just tried a few things. I got some leads. I was trying to call them with your CRM. It, actually, it was working great. It's a great tool. We, we will stop um, more on this uh, topic later because it, it's an amazing tool. And I, I'm very thankful that I met you and uh, I'm a part of your group and uh, I can utilize this amazing system that helps me in my business a lot. That's awesome. Of course, I had my limitation with an accent. I will lie if I say that I uh, people trusted me on the phone the same as they, they would trust uh, a native speaker. I remember you had an interview with Ramiz Hakim. Mm -hmm. And I asked the question, what would he recommend to an agent who has an accent but wants to be successful in digital sales? I remember when you asked that question, I remember, well, I remember asking it to him because I read it from something you sent in. And so what did he respond? I love how he responded it. He was very honest. I like his honesty. He didn't sugarcoat it. He said, you know what? You need to compensate your shortcomings with something else. So you need to be super fun or super nice or uh, provide extra support, whatever you can do, whatever is your strong side, just get it on the table. Yeah. Yeah, that was great. And I, I remember his honesty and uh, I appreciate honesty. Um, I, I kept looking for solutions. So I was reading blogs. I was joining groups in Facebook. Um, I was watching videos. And one day... I came across a video of Justin Brock and Robert Beish. They were talking about Medicare presentation. They mentioned Medicare Monsters Group that they had back then. It doesn't exist anymore, but they just started it back then. Again, intuitively, I just decided to join. And this was another decision that changed how I do business and it impacted me a lot. I met a lot of amazing people. And I don't want to forget anyone's name, but we all know them. Yeah. We all know their names. Um, and one of them was Carlos Polita. He helped me to set up my first Facebook ad. And this is how it all started. We targeted Russian-speaking population of the U.S., over 60 years old, and my business exploded because there was so much of unsatisfied need there. Yes. I expanded from one state to 35 over a month. Don't do this, don't. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll tell you later what is the right way to do this. But again, I learned a lot from that experience. And there is something about Russian speaking people very special to me. 
of course, language and background, right? And of course, it's easy to talk to them. Yeah. But every client I talk to, I see my parents in their eyes, you know? Um, my parents are not alive anymore. And in spite of all this not perfect medical system in the US, I know if they lived in the, the US, they would live longer. Just because life expectancy is higher here. And I know that those uh, illnesses that they had, they would be treated better here. So every time I help Russian speaking clients, I feel like I pay my dues to my parents. Yeah, we, also, we also say that um, seniors are unprotected. Just imagine a senior who has a language and cultural barrier, how unprotected this person is. Some of them don't have kids. Those who have kids, they're extremely busy. Yeah. So for me, it's more than a successful marketing strategy. You know, now I feel like it's my calling to help Russian-speaking seniors um, and protect them from unexpected uh, medical expenses. And you're doing it 100% over the phone, right? Yes, my clients are in 35 states. Uh, most of them are in New York, New Jersey, Florida, Illinois, Minnesota, uh, and some other states. And I do it completely over the phone. It doesn't prevent me from providing them excellent service. Very often I hear from my clients, Veronica, it's much easier to work with you with my next door agent. Even, yeah. all, even Russian speaking, New York has a lot of Russian speaking insurance agents, yeah. but the level of service I provide and systems I have in place to, to serve my clients, they find exceptional. So even those who had local insurance agents who speak the same language, after working with me, they stay with me. Yeah. And that's ultimately one of the main things that that's going to set you apart from everyone else is how you service your clients. A lot of people get into our business or into the insurance business in general uh, with commission breath. They just want to go write business and then move on and never talk to their clients again, never service their clients again. Like it just, it becomes an afterthought. And the ones who decide they're going to focus on servicing are the ones who retain their clients, get the most referrals, get the most satisfied customers. And one really smart thing about focusing on your niche, the niche that you did, is that you create, especially in telephonic sales, you create instant relatability because the fact that you can speak a common language that they're more comfortable in most times, right? Because a lot of times your clients are going to be more comfortable speaking in Russian than they are speaking in English. That right there creates a relatability. And relatability equals trust, which makes it easier when you're starting to educate them. And then at the end, basically ask for them to work with you. Uh, I think that, you know, this, this can work. And obviously the Spanish market in, in the United States is a huge market for Medicare. And a lot of people do it. They do it well. Um, you know, I, Carlos Polito is a perfect example of that. Um, but there's so many other languages that are probably just as underserved or not served as well, the same way that, that you found a niche. So I, how would you tell people, first, first thing then, uh, let's get some tips on how we can start to, to launch this, this trajectory that you had of success. You were mentioning the first thing that really started it off is the running a Facebook ad, 
specifically targeting your language market, right? Yes, uh, I would start with finding out where is your language niche located. You can Google, you can find databases that just show you, okay, Russian speaking population in the US or what states do have the most Chinese speaking population. So you need to do your research to understand where, where are your people living. Yeah. And when we speak, when we say Russian speaking, it's not only Russians. Soviet Union had 15 republics, Belarusia, Ukraine, Moldova, and so on. So they speak different languages, but they all speak Russian. So you are not looking for nationality. You're looking for a language. Right. This is definitely your first step. Then I would start with getting your licenses. Okay, get 10. Don't get 35. <laughs> get top 10 states. Find someone who will help you to set up your Facebook leads. And in general, you know, finding right people who will partner with you and who will help you reach your goals is critical. You can't give what you don't have. Just find someone who's already successful doing this and ask them for help. If you can, yes, partner with them officially. If you can't, I'm sure people are just providing help just for thank you, you know, just to pay back to insurance community. If anyone has questions, definitely you can reach out to me and I will help with everything I can. Facebook ads, right. Then um, have systems in place to work with those people. For me, it was your CRM. My leads go, come straight to my CRM. And then I have a lot, of, a lot of automation set up. I don't need an assistant to call my leads because your CRM is already sending them an invite to schedule an appointment with me. Of course, it's in Russian. I have different campaigns in different languages. Thank you for that. <laughs> um, so many people set appointments by themselves using the link that my CRM provides. Yes, I need an assistant. I'm using assistant's help, but not for this. There are better things to keep them busy, right? Yeah. So I already have my calendar filled up with appointments. Systems in place, very important. You definitely want your processes lined up. If you never sold over the phone, you need to find someone who will teach you or in, get enrolled in their course or watch some YouTube uh, videos and nail down your sales process. This, this is also very important. Mm -hmm. Yes, you can improvise later, but you need to master the script. Boring, I know. You need to, <laughs> you need need to, to master it. I did, and I actually I used some information from your university back two years ago. It was helpful. You have great resources. Thank you. And I just combined knowledge from many sources, and this is how I figured out what will work for me. Yeah. So you got basically you start with a Facebook ad. The Facebook ads have to be sent to a CRM. So the CRM can have automations to help follow up. Then from there, you should have your sales process ready. So you know it's something that's repeatable, right? That's why scripts are important because you can repeat your sales process over and over and over again. 
so that it gives you the higher chance of success when you're writing business. Uh, what about on the follow-up side, once you've actually written these clients? These are processes as well. How do you retain your clients? How do you communicate with your clients? Do you, are you doing this yourself? Do you have an assistant? Or you will use your CRM for some simple tasks. Mm -hmm. This is what we set up with you. I love 30-60-90 approach. And I was using it before, but I had to call my clients. Now my CRM sends them notifications two hours after sale, 15 days after 30, 60, and 90. We all know sometimes people even forget who signed them up, right? Yeah. If you don't get in touch with them, they forget. Yeah. So this is a reminder for them. And, and this is how you actually control if they are okay. And if they forgot about you, this is a reminder that you are there, one call away to help them. So definitely very important. What I also wanted... Um, to mention is um, make sure that your agency FMO upline can support you with what you're doing. It was my case right in the beginning. When I expanded to 35 states, I was with a different agency and unfortunately they couldn't support what I'm doing. I gave it a try. I lost a bunch of sales during AP. Uh, and then after AP, I, I just decided that I need to find a different home. Definitely partner with those who can support you with what you're trying to achieve. Uh, also, when it comes to um, language niches, be ready to do extra work for them. You need to know how to apply for Medicare online. You don't apply for them, but you guide them through the process. I have a process for this. We connect in Zoom and I just go through the application with them. I already had two today. Uh, my assistant does it when she's available, but I, I don't mind doing this sometimes. It's pretty easy, but it means a lot to our clients. Or it's call nervous. social security with them. I don't apply for Medicaid for them, but I have all information. I provide them information how to apply not in one state. So I need to know it myself. It takes time, but again, you have two choices. You can do it yourself and take a year to learn this, or you can partner with someone who already knows how to do this. Anyway, you'll have to go through this with a language niche. Yeah, I think, I, and again, uh, that just shows exceptional customer service. These are things that there are a lot of agents who wouldn't really do that. They would just say, oh, just call Social Security. Oh, just go to the website. But you're actually setting up an appointment, getting on Zoom, and walking them through the application so they can apply. That's that's the extra love. That's that extra mile they, they remember. And then I'm sure your community probably does a lot of referral as a result, right? They basically say, you need to call Veronica. She's excellent. She helps. Amazing service. Um I'm assuming, I could be wrong, but I'm assuming you probably get a lot of referral business as a result of how good your service is. Yes, Eric, you're right. I get about five referral up to, let's say, up to five referral calls a day. And this is, and this is after a little bit, like, let's say 18 months of uh, being in a language niche. So uh, definitely if you're doing a good job, People will um, 
share your contact information. Well, I, I, again, I think we could keep going for a while because there's, there's more stuff that we could have unpacked easily. It's just, but again, the, the, the tips you shared today were excellent tips. The advice, the parts of your, your, your past that you shared, the story, amazing just to, to see your strength and your determination. Um, I really do appreciate you taking time. I think that, you know, one day soon we'll be able to do a part two and see where you're at at that point in time and share some more knowledge that you have, because I'm sure even from right now, you know a lot, but you're going to learn even more as time goes on. You'll be, have more information you can share with agents to help them level up. So thank you again for coming on. I really do appreciate your time. I really appreciate all your knowledge and your story. Um, you know, is there anything else you want to say to the audience before we uh, sign off? Thank you very much, Eric, for having me. And what I want to say if, is if I can make it and uh, overcome my past, start over in a new country uh, with a new language, then you can do this yourself for sure. Just know what you want and follow, follow your dreams real hard. Amen to that. So, guys, super excited you would watch this, and we'll see you guys on the next video. Have a good one. Hey, thanks for watching the podcast. If you like the content, please hit the like button, subscribe to the YouTube channel. That way you can get notified when more new content comes out. We'll see you on the next one.